I'm trying to learn Dad Moon, Ri- Dad Moon Rising by CCR right now. You are? How's it going? It's okay. I, I was talking to Anders about how he, a friend of his used to joke about how he had anti-flow in the studio. Like he couldn't, like he would always be doing the wrong thing. Um, so it wasn't even like he just like couldn't easily flow from thing to thing. Like he was like always putting shit in the way. So that- <laughs> would suck at it and i am now realizing that like i have anti-rhythm where like i will like watch a video or like listen to the song five times in a row and then i like sit down to play it and it's as if i've like had no idea what song i'm playing like it's it's really incredible how just like terrible my rhythm is do you need a do you need a get a metronome on your phone I've been using a metronome. What I need is like, I need to have crew come over with like a, like one of those like electric fly swatters and just like zap me every time I fuck up. Um, you know, I took, I took guitar lessons with yeah. this dude and we were learning wish you were here by pink, pink Floyd. And what happened was like, I, he, we were playing together. And so when we played together, he, I would be like, so, stressed out to like keep up with him that it like worked. Yeah. Like I didn't want to like be humiliated for him to think I couldn't do it. So I just kept like go. And then it like, it actually started to work. So maybe that's what you need is like that electric fly swatter is just your own humiliation to pull you forward. Well, okay. So when I was in high school, I played guitar. Like I, I, our family went to like a kind of cool church that had like Wednesday night youth church, you know? Okay. Okay. And, uh, and it was like, like hip, cool, like youth church, you know? Yeah. Okay. Like cold play. And and I played in that band and, and I, the Wednesday night band, I played like every Wednesday, like my whole. Wait, what? Yeah. How am I just learning this now? What the fuck? And I was so, I was so bad. And there was this like kid who also played in it, who's now a pastor who like never really liked me because we played tennis together too. And like, I was just like, like a weirdo, like semi stoner kid that like still went to church all the time. <laughs> and, um, and, but I like remember him trying really hard and being like really careful to be like, he was like pretending to teach everybody like how to play the song but he was really just trying to teach me because i kept fucking up and then he'd be like okay so it's like this we'd like go through it like five times and then we'd start playing and then he would just like stop midway and he'd be like it's really weird it sounds like somebody is like um not playing and he was like so gentle (laughs) trying so hard (laughs) that was me the song would start and i'd just be like ding 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 (laughs) ding I mean, the, the weird thing about it is because you're a ceramicist and you do very fine work with your hands, it's just like, it feels like yeah. you would just be naturally good at guitar. My, my dad was a drummer too. It just doesn't make sense. Yeah. How did it, I think it's, it's not possible. I think you, you can be good at anything if you practice. <laughs> I just believe that like, it does, you don't have to have like a natural talent. Okay, we we this will be we can get off guitar talk real quick. But one funny part is I play guitar like for years, and in the three months or however long we've been in quarantine, I've gotten better at guitar than I ever was before, and it's just making me realize that my friends and I never ever practiced. Like we <laughs> we just and all we played was like Green Day songs. So it's like all you had to learn was how to play a power chord and you That's could it. play. Yeah. And if and anytime we would like open up somebody's tabs and it wasn't a power chord, we'd just be like, fuck this. <laughs> it's too much. It's too much. Yeah. We're in too deep. We're in too deep. Yeah. Well <laughs> Yeah. I learned to play closing time, which I remember my friend Mark learned. And and I remember thinking he was like a guitar genius because he learned that song. And I was like, oh, this is like stupid easy. We just (laughs) never practiced. (laughs) We just wanted to carry guitars around. 
Oh, that's pretty cool, though. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I'm into it. Yeah. Well, we're going to start a band now, right? Called yeah, welcome to the... Podcast the band. <laughs> welcome to the Guitar Ceramics Podcast. Yeah. And for our next song, we'll be... Oh, we could... Oh, what? There's, like, no songs that mention pottery. We'll have to, like, there do are. a deep dive. There are. There are. There's that song that's, like about mending a broken heart like a potter mends a broken pot um wait Amy Jennifer has a uh, a uh a playlist a, a ceramic focused music playlist okay we have to ask her to be on and talk yeah. about it yeah that'll Dude, be really yeah. good okay well welcome to the ceramics podcast we are with Tammy Tomasco <laughs> And Gustav Hamilton. <laughs> Pretty good at this part. Oh, good. You're getting better at it. I'm happy. Yeah, so today on the podcast, we have Snow Yu, who um, is an amazing artist from Jingdezhen, China, like born in Jingdezhen, which is so crazy. Um, I went to Jingdezhen, and it's like this very small country town of like 2 million people. It's like, it's like a city it's so weird um but it's all about ceramics so snow i know snow from the pottery workshop in jingdezhen where she was an artist assistant and she you know basically like helped artists make their work in with all in all within all the factories of jingdezhen so snow must have worked with like hundreds of artists so yeah. she just is like so well versed in ceramics um and I was really excited to talk to her about her coming to the United States, right? Yeah. Well, she she's also like the first person that I've met that's actually from Jingdezhen. Like, yeah. Everybody in ceramics wants to talk about Jingdezhen, but this one that was like, yeah, like I was just like, it was just there. Like I didn't think anything of it. Yeah, it's so crazy that she was in the ancient ceramics capital of the globe you know arguably but yeah but she only like got into ceramics because she like needed a job i think so yeah i think so it's really cool it's it's really nice i mean i think you know you like hear that with people all over the place like you know when i first came to new york and i was like i can't believe like you grew up here and they're like yeah like yeah just like this is just where i grew up like this. Yeah. but yeah, it was, it was really cool to talk to her about that and, and what it's like now to be, I mean, she's been here for what, three years in the United States? Yeah, about that. Yeah. So, and like how she's kind of made her way in the ceramics community, sort of like, and I think it happens a lot, but like how to be a ceramicist kind of, and like, you know, how to really commit to it and then really make it work i need to learn i need to just like go there for two years and have someone try and teach me how they make those giant tiles oh it's super cool it's super super cool uh, there's like a t usually when the, the giant pieces like the they make giant pots too that are like bigger than us and it's usually like two or three guys like doing oh, it wow. it's so wild to watch you're just like the the teamwork they the the, the teamwork is just amazing you know like they just yeah, work together it, all day it kind of seems like they work in a way that's like more like how i think of people working with glass where you're like um there's like uh almost like a, a team like working on different parts like when people talk about making those big tiles and they talk about it's like a couple people rolling it out with just like a giant pipe yeah. on these things. And yeah, like working in tandem with somebody else, which is just sorry. Like we really often talk about ceramics being a community thing here in the United States, but it's not that much. I mean, mostly we just need to like share kilns really often, but. Um, right. Yeah. I mean, for those giant pieces, like, there's no way you could be you would be able to do it by yourself sometimes like if they're throwing a giant pot the wall is like two at least two inches thick let's just say and then one guy is holding the other guy's arm while he throws it so it doesn't pop out and like miss a 
you know, just for the pure strength of it. It's like two guys standing like within inches, like hugging, basically hugging each other. So beautiful. Yeah, it's so crazy. Awesome. So Snow is a brilliant artist and I'm so excited to have her on the podcast. She's a lovely person. Yeah. And go and we got to talk to her twice. Yes, we did. <laughs> and it was really fun. And I I was I was uh we had some audio issues, so we had to re-record some parts, but so I was really happy to get to talk to her again. Um and yeah, I want to meet her in person at some point when we're allowed to hang out with people again. Yeah, you'll love her. Yeah. Here she is, Snow You. Snow, so, do you play guitar? I see a guitar behind you. Yeah, I went to see our friend and he just gave me this guitar. I said, I have nothing to do. Maybe I can learn an <laughs> instrument. <laughs> so I know how to play bass. I'm learning. I tried to teach myself. I can do this one. <laughs> I think that's the new the new intro song to the podcast. <laughs> that was beautiful. <laughs> I've never heard anything so beautiful in my life. <laughs> Keep practicing, like so much okay. practice. Uh, yeah, I've been, I've been trying to learn how to, I played guitar when I was a kid and I've been trying to like learn again during this uh -huh. time. And it, I've, I just keep getting like so mad at myself <laughs> that I don't know how to do it. Yeah, I'm trying to do that too. I practiced all day yesterday. Yeah, I did guitar practice and then my finger hurt today. It's like <laughs> yeah, that's what happens. Yeah, uh, my boyfriend's really good at guitar, you know. So when he plays, what? Because I can play like a couple chords, but then if I play, he's like, "No, stop." <laughs> so I'm never gonna learn. I'm just gonna listen to him for the rest of my life, which yeah. it's fine. It's not so bad. No, it is. I'm <laughs> just kidding. Okay, so we're. Why don't we like? Do you guys? What do you think? I feel like we should just. Gus, what do you think? Do you want to try to like just ask more questions and kind of like redo the last time, or do you want to just like talk about rando shit? Just random shit, maybe. Yeah. I don't mind talk random shit. <laughs> That's fun. I'm into that. Well, tell us about Jingdezhen. Just like, what was it like growing up there? Uh, okay, so. Um when I have memory about Jingdezhen, the sky is full of chimney with smoke from uh, out from the chimney, and then the sky will constantly filling off this like the dust. So if you do your laundry outside, outdoor, by the end of the day, it's all covered with this cold dust on your shirt, and then even the buildings, the windows, the balcony. It's all covered with this. That's because in that time, Jingdezhen is still a mass production porcelain city, and mainly they are using coal to fire the kiln. So the pollution is very, very bad. So as I as I said last time, I remember the things when I cross from the coal kiln, and then the flame come out when they do a reduction firing. So I remember the flame is shooting out from the brick kiln. And then this guy shopless, topless, not shop, topless, <laughs> and then just like shoving coals inside the kiln. So that's like my memory about like, I, I don't even know what they're doing. I, I don't know what, why they're shoving the coal into the kiln. So I have no idea what porcelain is. Till I go to uh, college, so that time I start to know, oh, Jingdezhen is famous for porcelain production. So I learn when I go to high, uh, university level. So I don't know anything about Jingdezhen before that. So I mean, that, that was like, you're talking about the nine. I mean, you're young, you're pretty young. So it's like the 90s, right? Like they were still oh, yeah. using coal. 90s. Yeah. Like, that's so crazy. Mm -hmm. 
And then all of a sudden, did everyone just switch over to gas or something? Uh, yeah, I think it's about around 2002. And then suddenly all the factories start to bankrupt and then tear down all the brick kiln and the chimneys because they are converting to gas kiln. So they're building gas kiln. And then I think that time Jinderzhen tried to make the city less polluted. So they start to use gas instead of coal. And also because they stopped people to cutting down trees in the mountain for burning a wood kiln or mm. having coals over there. So there's like big changing in 20, 2002 to 2000. I don't know. It's still changing now. But it stopped like around 2012. Did the all of a sudden, the genome become really pretty clean. Yeah. We can see blue sky. <laughs> <laughs> So, wait, did, did like the did the major factories move out of Jingdezhen? Uh, they used to have like ten big com not company on, but the government on. So they in charge to get order from overseas, and then they just sent to these ten major factories. So they produce them and then ship overseas, but then. Later, they all bankrupt, so it's become personal owned. So people can contract from the government, so they can make their own business. So they will work directly with the brand like Givenchy or Hello Kitty or Starbucks. So they get IKEA too. So they produce this kind of uh, mass production commercial dishes for all over the world. So the factory is still working. So you can still use the old factory, the old worker from there, but then it's become personal owned. So it's still working now. Can I ask you another question? Like Xingtishan is really, really big. You know, with a lot of people, I thought. Did it feel like when you were when you were little, did it feel like a small town and then it became a big city? No, Xingtishan is very, very small compared to other cities. <laughs> it's only like 1.5 million people. Oh yeah. Compared to other countries like uh, Sweden, and I would say, you know, it's very small. If you take a taxi from the one side to the other side, it's maybe just like half an hour. That's it. Because Jinderson is like a small center city, and then other smaller village around it. So right. it's not like the whole. It's all make it ceramic. It's more like here yeah, there's one side. The main one is in Jinzhen, the downtown area. So it's not really, really big. Um, yeah. When I remember, it haven't grown any bigger when I was young, and then now it's still retained small size because it's all surrounded by mountains. So there's not much. Uh, public transportation going on. So nowadays we have high speed train from Shanghai to Jinzhen and then Beijing to go to Jinzhen. But before it's like really closed up because it's really hard to go outside. Wow. So it's hard to keep people inside. So once people go outside, they won't come back because they think it's very closed up, small <laughs> town. They don't want to live in there. But nowadays, people start to moving back because it's uh, become really, really nice city to live. And also, uh, the whole environment is changed. So it's not industrial city anymore, more like cultural, heavily cultural tourist place now. Yeah. Funny. Yeah. If you, uh, so you, you've now, like, you've been in the United States for like three years, right? Yeah. Um, and that's like we're seeing some of those shifts happen here too where like like here it was like sort of the rust belt cities like uh like cammy could probably talk more about like cleveland and places like that that are starting to like yeah, yeah, yeah. cool again where like those old center like is it is it kind of like that sort of feeling mm -hmm. yeah cool. even like the city before i went like cincinnati i feel like it, it's similar to Jinnan. it used to be like a really big city in the history, but now it's become a 
like it comes down a little, but nowadays more counting goes to Cincinnati and bring up again. So it's bring it's become a like I don't know. I have a mixed feeling about Cincinnati. I, one side, I feel like it's still kind of old U.S. city, but sometimes I feel like there's more art activity going on there. It's like people start bringing more art people to there. So it's trying to use art or other culture to popular Cincinnati. Yeah. I feel like maybe they are really similar, Cincinnati and Jingdezhen. I didn't like. Yeah. I didn't think about that before. I just think of Cincinnati as being like such a small, so like small town. It's like the South to me. Do you know what I mean? Like in the United States, yeah, I, I have no idea what Cincinnati means to Americans. So I guess that's what people ask. Oh, where is Jinnan? If I told people I'm from Jinnan, they will also ask, where is Jinnan? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but Cincinnati, I feel like Americans. Oh, Cincinnati. Yeah. I yeah. don't know. Yeah, that's maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because you're like, you're like, it's definitely a city. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure it's in Ohio. <laughs> if not, it's like around there somewhere. Uh, whatever Ohio is. Yeah. It's like you, whatever. Have a, you have a lot of president is from Cincinnati. I saw so. Really? Really? Yeah. And also, uh, Cincinnati is also called Queen City, I believe. No, I don't, I don't know history about <laughs> You're just like, you can basically say anything and we'll be like, yeah, we don't. Yeah. <laughs> we don't. I prefer to change this to the Cincinnati podcast. <laughs> exactly. Like the Bureau of Tourism, the Cincinnati, no you. And the Cincinnati it's Bureau of Tourism. With Snow You and Cami Kamako, and I'm just on as out of town. <laughs> oh my God. Well, that's, uh, yeah, that's cool. So I know you mentioned that, like, your time in the, in the country is, like, up in the air. Are yeah. You, like, are you going to stick around, or do you know what you're going to? Uh, no, I decided I will go back to China. You're going back? Yeah. Okay. Whoa, that is really unexpected. I thought you were going to stay. No. Um, I do have good news from those, those two residency artists program. They do give me an offer, but I have to say no because I can't guarantee I will have a proper visa in this special time to go there. So I have to go. I have to go back to China and then maybe see after November who is the new president <laughs> then decide if I want to come. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> yeah, wow. because I don't know, even like with the virus still going on and then with the Black Lives Matter stuff like this, I don't know who will be the next president. Yeah, it's yeah. like whole thing is like depend. How stable is the state? Yeah. Yeah, it's better to go back and then see what happened next. <clears throat> so the, the next result will be November 22nd, right? For the American election? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, somewhere around there. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be really crazy. I mean, it's... Uh, yeah, like... I don't know. It's, it's so weird. Like I, yeah, I keep like calling like my parents and my grandma and being like, like, is this like, is this what it, you know, like, have you felt like this before? And it, it's really weird that they're all just kind of like, no, this is crazy. Like this is the craziest ever. Like this feels like the seventies, just like way jacked up. Um, yeah. So I don't know. Maybe yeah, maybe don't come back. It's probably Definitely good to wait till there's a new president. <laughs> yeah, actually. Do you have a big suitcase? Could you bring us with? It'll just pay sixty dollars extra per bag. Yeah, I yeah, that's I I've been like thinking a lot these days yeah. to think about to stay continue staying here and with going back to China. 
I decided going back to China mainly because I don't know where this United States will go. <laughs> With the president, I like wow. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like, I'm scared. Like now it's black people. Maybe next is Asian. He already aimed a lot of Asian people. I don't feel like safe. Like I don't want to be here if the president is not welcome, diverse in the country. Like, no, I don't feel safe. Please won't protect me. No one will protect me. Wow. Yeah. yeah. How are you feeling about going back to China? Uh, I'm a bit nervous because I don't know what to do. <laughs> 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 yeah. I don't know if I'm qualified to apply a job in a um, college because they all want a PhD degree. So they want you to have PhD in order to the university level. And I don't want to go back to my old job. I feel like that's not what I want to go outside and come back for. So maybe I just like take a break and then maybe try to find some program in the Europe and then go get my PhD. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's actually... Uh, that's just a thought. Maybe I will try to go to Canada residency not this yeah. yeah yeah you should look at medalta i did i was planning to apply that but then i don't know like what kind of visa they want and then my friend asked them they also don't really have much international people apply so they don't know how the visa works out with the artists from beside canada Canadian people yeah so I don't know. I have to figure out when I go back and then find what type of visa I can apply to go to Alma Delta. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. How do you think, since now you're going back, and like, how do you think it's being here has like changed your work? Um, <clears throat> I don't know, but. That's like such a big question. It's like yeah. yesterday I was made, like, it's like kind of too soon. It probably will take years to really. Yeah. Also for the listeners, the way snow just like looked off into the distance. <laughs> beautiful moment. Like it was really cinematic. <laughs> I don't know. Like I wrote to one of my, uh, uh, Alice, I know uh, Jennifer Linda Cha. Oh, know? yeah, I know that name. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah she asked me how was I going with the things. She was one of my reference. And I just told her I couldn't stay here because blah, blah, blah. And I just wrote, I'm really grateful for my three years in the state because it really helped me to think about what I want to do. So even I go back to China, I think it's really useful for me to think about what I want to do in China. Because in the state, I can still make this kind of work, but what if I go back? Do I change my idea because I'm in a different environment? Can I be free as here? And I'm interested to see how people react to my work. They so in Jinnadan they are so used to do this um, because the clay is really uh, sensitive and difficult to make bigger size work. But I'm really just interested to see how people react to my uh, my work. I don't know. <clears throat> yeah, that's good. Like American ruin your brain. <laughs> You're making work that's not. <laughs> That's probably true, a little, at least a little bit. <laughs> I don't think, I mean, ruined your brain is a bit strong. I hope they don't say that. Tampered with, maybe. Yeah. Tampered. I mean, you've been everywhere. I mean, you've kind of done a lot of things in, in the three years that you were here. Yeah. So where, where did you, like, bounce around to? You started in Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. So start Cincinnati, and then in the first year of the summer holiday, I apply TA or scholarship to go to Montana, Artsbury mainly, 
and then haystack for two weeks. I think from there, and I went to New York for the Armory show, and now I'm in Chicago. So much it, yeah. That's pretty um, good, though. Yeah. yeah. Did you? I, Montana's my favorite place that I've ever been, and I lived there for like four years. But did you? Did you like Montana? Um, <laughs> if it's going to be a negative answer, just don't answer. <laughs> yeah, how, I mean, how was it being there? Like, it is, I mean, yeah, I think it, you know, it's a, it, it really is a strange place to, to, to go, I'm sure, especially like, you know, coming from China and then ending up in like, like the R2 Bray is essentially outside of Helena, Montana, which is like a small town at best um and i love it a lot but i'm sure your experience there is really different uh i'm a very quiet person honestly but i do not want a really quiet place to leave so sometimes i feel like it's really complex with my own personality like i'm really quiet but i really enjoy being quiet in the city not in a quiet quiet <laughs> but that really helped me like the three months over in montana it's like really helped me to think a lot and then i did a lot of work once i go back to school like people don't know what happened to me over the summer <laughs> yeah yeah you have a lot of time to think about yourself yeah so I made a lot of sensitive work and uh, yeah I feel like uh, like being at the Archie Bray too, like you must have met a lot of people because so many, like yeah. they bring so many artists through. Um, yeah, it's a big spot. Did you meet anybody that was like truly influential on your work? Oh, definitely. I mean, first of all, hold on, before you answer that, I want to just say that you've met, you've worked with hundreds of artists. like. 500 yeah. at the pottery workshop in Jingdezhen. So now I'm kind of like, I guess my more, more importantly, like now that you've really immersed yourself in making your own work, is there somebody that's really influenced you? Yeah, I do have like, um, when I was in China, I was really in love with uh, Beth Kavanagh's work. Yeah. Um, and I went to Archibray and I just become a TA for one of the class, which is Kip Holland and Beth Kavanagh. So I didn't work with Beth a lot, but I see a little bit about how she worked in the studio, the whole process of making the work. But I, um, I work really close with Tip, so I don't know Tip's work before. So, but I learned a lot from her, and then learned a lot from Beth. And yeah, then when I come back from the Archie break, I need to write my thesis work. So I don't know what thesis look like in the U.S. So I need some reference, and I borrowed one thesis work, thesis paper, which is Beth. So I read her thesis work when she is a grad student. I was like, wow, that's really impressive to know more detail about her work. It's like really influenced me a lot. It's more about admire her. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I also like, I remember seeing Tip Tolan do a workshop when I was an undergrad and like, she's like a real uh, kind of like force in nature in the studio. I remember her just like working. It seemed like she was working so fast and like so sort of like loosely and freely. Like there was nothing. Like when I work in the studio, it's it's in like fits and spurts. And she was. I just remember her like kind of like casually like going on and like it was, it was just really nice to watch her. Yeah. Yeah. I think the. Actually, the most influence from the state are not the people who are making ceramic. It's more from the people uh, from my grad school. We have a lot of visiting artists lecture. So they're not just from ceramic. I think there's no ceramic artist can 
it's mainly the contemporary emerging artists. So I went to their lecture and I really liked the way because their work is different than ceramic. Ceramic is more about technique and then very little, there is, but very little about conceptual side. So yeah. I do learn a lot from the other part of the commercial artists, not commercial, contemporary artists. And then the scale side is more from the ceramic artists. So I think I'm combining this to, to my own work. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like, a, like that is sort of um, like starting to change a little bit in ceramics here in yeah. the States anyway. And like people are sort of trying to figure out how that uh just like fits in like as some of the like bigger artists that work with ceramics like aren't really part of the whole like ceramics community and yeah. it's been really interesting to watch that change but i wonder like what's is there something is there like an equivalent to that in china that you notice or um or is it like all i mean it kind of sounded like earlier you were implying it was like maybe all about craft um I so I still go to the, before I came to the state, uh, I still will go to the graduation show from the Jingdezhen Ceramic Institute. So they have a sculpture major, they have a ceramic art major, and then ceramic design major. So I always go there every year to see what the students are making for the graduation show. And then very, very little about conceptual side. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe like one from 20 students that make like really conceptual work. But other than that, they really rely on uh, showing the quality of the craft, but not really focus much on the conceptual side. And it's very big contrast to the US because in the Cincinnati, we have the undergrad show too. So I went to do their work and then they have some really nice idea, but sometimes I feel like they can add a little bit more ten, uh, tension, uh, a little bit more craft to yeah. the finish of the work. So it's like two different. So I'm lucky to have like one side from really good base of the craft, and then I can have some conceptual side from here. So I'm combining this two. My work is either in craft side but also in the conceptual side it's fit together well finished I yeah see. well that yeah. seems kind of fitting like for you to study with it's katie parker and guy michaels right yes yeah because they they like they also like have such a high level of craft but it's never mm -hmm. just like about their craftsmanship it's always like yeah yeah which is such a like they yeah their work is pretty incredible yeah did you pick that program because of them or like how did you end up in cincinnati uh i know them first time in 2013 12 sorry 2012 so that's the first time they came to Jin as a group so and also paul and ring do you know oh, them? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. yeah, they came in one like summertime. Like, oh, these four people are really interesting because they're all very small size Americans. Yeah. <laughs> so we have really good time over the summer. So, and then since then, they really like Jinajan and want to bring students every year in December for four weeks. So that's like going on for the past, I think, five years. Wow. <clears throat> and then, I think in the fourth time they came, I asked one of the grad students, how was the school? Because I'm thinking about going to grad school and I asked him and then he gave me really good advice. Because he said it's more about the money. So I will be honest with that because I can't pay that much money to go to like very expensive school. Yeah. Yeah, so I worked hard, worked one year for my portfolio to apply to Cincinnati, and then worked hard on my English so I can be a TA when I go to the school. So money is really <laughs> essential. I 
I know maybe Alfred, they also have a grant, but not like full ride, right? So, yeah, so that's why I'm choosing uh, Cincinnati. And also because Katie and Park, Katie and Mike, yeah. I think with uh, like having a really close relationship with your professor, it's really important. I heard story about Chinese students go to the state, but the professor is not really good to him. So he feels so lonely and he kind of fell into like drug <laughs> and other stuff. What? Depression. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Go wired in the state. Yeah. It's, it's really easy to feel depressed, and lonely in the state if your professor is not nice to you and then you have a language barrier with your classmate and then the critique is very different. It's a new way of learn, like critique people's work. Your classmate will maybe see some mean stuff to you. So I don't want to have all that. So it's more like, yeah, I think I, I decide like from both this opinion and then, yeah, I only applied Cincinnati. I didn't apply any other school because money, yeah, and then professor. When you were in sculpture school in Jingdezhen, did you have critiques and did, were the critiques different than the critiques um, here? Oh, yeah. So the Jingdezhen way of learning. So I think the undergrad is more for you building a strong uh, foundation of sculpting in clay or wood or even in uh, fiberglass, like you can cast fiberglass. but when I learned how to sculpture a human figure, so we all surround by one model and then we build exactly the same figure. So we will critique, the teacher will critique based on we did the same model, the, the same pose. So it's not a creation, it's more like practice. So right. it's not like really critique, critique. It's many telling you, oh, this is not right, that's not right. So you listen to your teacher, you correct your way of seeing stuff. So it's not allowed you to build really weird creation of the figure. You have to do exactly the same. Try your best to build exactly the same, yeah. And then your own creation is the one you want to design for your final thesis work. So, that will be your strongest defense moment for your own creation. So that's like big critique. So your biggest critique is in the end of your undergrad. Okay. And then they're like, you, Snow, you are amazing. <laughs> no, I didn't do a good in the undergrad. Yeah. That's okay. Um, we that's okay. We didn't either. <laughs> I'm not like a top three student in my undergrad. And I even think I, I don't want to do art after I graduate from the undergrad school. So you I, didn't just... make, I didn't make any work after I graduated. Yeah. But then, so what changed? So then, like, you started working at the pottery workshop, mm -hmm. and then you were sort of like, oh, maybe I. Yeah. And I see so many people making different work, and some people are really touching me by telling me what the concept behind the work, why they making this in ceramic. And then some are very craft because they came to Jinnajan to using the craft to fulfill their final conceptual work, right? Because they couldn't do certain things, so they have to come to China to use a local craftsman to finish that work. So I guess, hold on really quick, I think we need to say like, people from all over the world go, right, did we say that already? To Jing I, I don't think we explained it, like, I know a lot of people that listen to this podcast are like, newer to ceramics and, yeah, maybe just don't, like, haven't heard about Jing Dijen and it's like something worth looking into because it's, yeah, that's like, I still haven't been. Um, but you know, Cami's been and like so many people in ceramics have gone there, like to specifically like they'll be like, I've got this like plan, 
that I need to execute. And like, I have to go to Jingdezhen to like <laughs> realize it. Like that's yeah. where, this is where you go. That's yeah. where you go. I mean, also the clay in Jingdezhen is, is like super beautiful. The color of the clay is like amazing from the Kaolin mines. And people from all over the world go there. Like hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people to do their own projects in ceramics. And actually a lot of factories, like Snow was saying earlier, like Ikea, um, West Elm. I mean, it's, it's, the list is endless. So all these people just go to Jingdezhen before, because of the factories and the way, the ease of making things. So, okay, back to it. Sorry. I just <laughs> want to make sure that people, like we're like talking about Jingdezhen and the listeners are going to be like, what the fuck are they? What is Jingdezhen? Like, get it. I think Jingdezhen, uh, the only like, sometimes it's the only you see from a history book or ceramic history book, but you don't know like, until you go to the city and then still seeing the process from thousands of years ago, they still follow that process. But now it's like reduced to maybe 10. So it used to be like 72 people involved in one piece of art, one piece of work, right? So that's become, like, that's start from the code, uh, the mining. So people doing the mining, people doing the uh, washing the clay, people making the clay, and people throw, people trim. So it's like so detailed process. So like 72 process in one piece of work. Then nowadays it's only reduced to maybe 10 people or even five people, right? Because the machine factory, now you can use a, a robot arm to do some glazing work. <laughs> so you, don't really, you don't really need people to do that. <laughs> yeah, so I think that's like why Jinnazine is trying to change from factories to tourists because that's already gone in the past. And then factories are relocated in a cheaper country like Thailand or India. Not China. China has gone expensive every year. Yeah. yeah. Mainly in China, it's not like really cheap now for some product. Like ceramic will be one of that. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like so tell us about the last piece you're making in the United States. Uh, that's a uh, first standing sculpture I made when I came to Chicago. So I was just test firing the piece. I cut it in half and then the arm is off. So I just fire them and then they just been in my studio for a long time. And then I didn't think about glue them back together. But then in this case, I've been dreaming about glue them back and then make another piece of work to go with this piece of work. So I've been dreaming a lot. So maybe I will start after this meeting. Okay. <laughs> start to glue them together and then, and then decide to take a photo so I can use it for future application or other stuff. Yeah, that's the work I want to make. It's, it's about um, male gaze. I will see. So it's a naked woman again. So her arm is like not fully covered, but just posing from her sensitive part. So I was just talking about the male gaze. I will see. I learned the word male gaze from one of the lectures. So I really into this word, like male gaze, female's body has always been a male gaze object. So I want to talk about this. You, you use the body a lot in your work and almost all of your pieces, right? The work I made before in China is mainly about using animal, not using body. But when I come to the state, I start to just directly using human body. Mainly reference of my own body. Yeah, so I don't know. Maybe I'm trying to make up my... Uh, 
last four years <laughs> undergrad study because in that time not really into my sculpture major and then I don't know what happened to me. I suddenly pick up the interest of human bodies, especially female bodies. So I, I just start to make these bodies work. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe I want to uh, search my own meaning. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> One of your pieces is really beautiful. It's a body that sort of crouch down and then its flowers are pouring out of the body yeah can you talk about that a little that work uh let me think that's like one of my favorite pieces of yours i think it's all start with uh, my uh very very uh pain uh period pain so i feel like female have been suffering a lot like since you have the first period you start to have this monthly pain every 21 days you have seven days to pain your body and then you become the mother and then you have this pain from uh, the reconstruction from birth to a baby and then your body change like the whole body changes. i feel like female uh, really suffer a lot like we are the I don't know, it's really, really complex feeling about like why we, you know, have the nice body but always suffer these pains. Yeah, so the flower is symbol of like running beautiful things out from her body, but also distract her a little bit, destroy her a little bit. So it's like beautiful soul is coming out from her body and i made i made her uh, a bow head so she doesn't have a hair it's which symbols like when the baby comes out it's also have no hair it's like like she's born from i don't know it's very mixed feeling about that piece yeah <laughs> Well, I remember, I remember when we talked last time, you were like talking quite a bit about how you felt like you were at the age where you like yeah. should have a kid or like need to make a decision about it. And mm -hmm. um, yeah, I mean, I'm sure like, does it feel like that is really like coming into the work as well? Yeah, that's also what I'm afraid of. Going back to China is also like back into that environment. Like, I'm 32 now, so I don't know. It's like, the I like to be in here because people are telling you, oh, I have my kid at 40. I don't have a kid either. Like, that's like really normal in here. But when I go back to China, it's really stressed me a lot. So that's like one part of, I feel like I need to go back to do my duty. <laughs> kind of. But I don't know. Like how long I can resist that part of influence to myself, like stay on myself. No, I don't want to do that duty to become a mom. So yeah, I guess like a lot of work is about my stress from, I think the things stress you a lot is hunting you most. So you are always thinking about that and making that. Yeah, so I think I, I do have a lot of stress from there. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's really hard. I mean, I mean, first of all, like, that's an intense amount of pressure. Like, if you just think about that all the time, I would, you would be so fucking stressed out. It was like, <laughs> there's no answer, right? There's no way to, like, really answer that question. And every woman, even no matter what culture. So, I mean, your situation is different because there's like an age you know like in the united states at 32 you'd be divorced by now so it's like you know you my never mom know. just talked 
to me yesterday and then she's just like oh just come back soon and then start over and then maybe find a husband i said why you have found a husband i will be divorced because i'm not really easily happy with happy life <laughs> so she said uh, it's better you have the you have you divorced and not never married it's like rather you divorced once it's better than you never married. <laughs> like, really? No, my God. Oh, no. That, that's crazy. That means like someone wanted you before, but they don't want you anymore rather than no one wants you ever. <laughs> I can't handle it. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, yeah so I was like, I know I will, I will have a lot of stress from my parents, especially my mom. I don't know. And then sometimes I think a lot about my mom too. Like she never been herself. Like she married at like such a young age, 19, and then just continue having babies every year, like every two years. Like she have four kids. So I feel like it's nonstop. So before 19, she's someone's daughter. And then after 19, she's someone's wife. And then someone's mom. And now she's someone's grandma, and then she wants to continue like having me married, so she can have she can become another grandma. Like, oh no, I I don't know what her purpose. Like, she want us like she want all the kids to have happy life, which means have someone husband or wife and then children, so she can finish her job as a woman. I somehow I feel like that way. Like if, she, if she still had one or two child not married, she feel like her job is not done yet. Sometimes I feel like this way. It's like you never been yourself. Like why you not like now you, you enjoy yourself a little bit, but she can. Now the grand grandson is still like her job to take care of. Like I don't know when she needs to stop. Like that's the life of old, not old, like past generation of female in China who are not so educated. So that's the only thing they feel like they need to be doing is like continue carry this family generation to generation. Oh my God, it's so beautiful. That's yeah. so crazy. Yeah, I do. I do think a lot about my mom. <laughs> See, I never thought about, like, I never really thought about it that way as like a woman, like you're, as a woman's job is to carry on the family. That's amazing. Yeah. So yeah. my trophy is ironic piece, right? There's also, when I'm making that piece, I think about my mom too. Like sometimes in the old age, uh, China have this, uh, I don't know what time, but there's a, a period of like hero mother is a title to female who Produce a lot of babies. Wow! <laughs> <laughs> hero mother. So they will give this like a paper says, "Are oh, you a hero mother because you give birth to this many kids and then help us build the country?" Right. That's. I, I think that's the period after the Second World War. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's happened in Russia too. I think. Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, I think, uh, I don't know if we got paper awards for it here, but like, <laughs> you did, like, even, you know, my, my, like, my mom's uh, in her 60s, and like, that was like, you know, much more of the focus, I think, then even. Um, yeah, and maybe, like, there's a, there's a joke in a TV show called Scrubs, where there's like, a baby is born, and they're like, another baby boy in the fight against communism. And it, like, I think part of it was like that national, like, like you're like, you need to produce like the future so that, you know, whatever your agenda is can be kept up. Yeah. I mean, Cammy, did you like, you're older than me and like, but also grew up in like a, like central part of the United States. Like, did it feel like that? Cause I feel like that pressure was like starting to alleviate it, but like a lot of my friends that stayed in, in the Midwest, like have a kid and are married by now. 
you know, my, my situation was a little unique and that my parents were 40 when they had me. So my parents were born in the thirties. Yeah. So in the, and they were like, you know, very, very old fashioned, almost Edwardian. Um, so yeah, they thought that I should go to college. Well, first of all, they didn't necessarily think that I needed to go to college. But if I did go to college, they thought I should either be a nurse or a school teacher. And those were the two th options <laughs> in 1990. I mean, they didn't really, because they were just so old-fashioned about it. So, yeah. It's, so it was a little, like, weird. Like when, you know, yeah, my, my parents definitely wanted me to get married. Yeah. It just so they didn't have to worry. Actually, like, yeah. Like, just so they didn't have to worry about me and put me in the hands of a man that would have to worry about me. Like, pass me off. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's like really, really old-fashioned. I mean, there's nothing you can, you can't, like, you know, there's nothing you could do to really fight it. You just have to keep, like, reassuring them that you're not going to, that your vagina is not going to fall out or something. <laughs> you know what I mean? They're just like, it's still... <laughs> yeah, so it's exactly. <laughs> I don't know. Eh. I I don't know. Like, yeah, I don't know what's the meaning of being a woman nowadays. Like, there's like a research shows like Chinese women start have lower like wishes to become a mom. Like, there's every year there's less and less women want to have a baby. Because the expense of spending raising a child is getting higher and higher each year. Yeah. yeah. Do you, so when you go back to you, like, is it like high on your to do list to like find a place to be able to make start making work again, or like, what do you do? You have like plans for? I know things are really up in the air, and this is like kind of an abrupt change. But do you have any plans for when you get back home? I do. My sister still have her like small studio, so I probably will start from there, and then in the meantime, start looking for jobs. I do wish I can go somewhere else, not stay in Jinzhen. But then, if you want continue making a uh, clay work, Jinzhen seems like the reasonable place to be. Yeah. Yeah. Unless um not making clay work anymore and doing a more film or painting or other stuff yeah but then that i probably will just um uh, because i don't know how bad the virus goes uh my city is pretty well controlled so there's nothing coming back again so it's mainly shanghai or beijing beijing now have more like Again, those people having a uh, coronavirus. So it just make it hard for me to fly back to China these days. That's it. But go back to my city is easier to just restart buying clay. The life has been back to normal nowadays in Indonesian. So people are start doing a lot of online online, I guess, online vlog. It's like they selling the work online. So they will start changing. I feel like this is also a good opportunity. Like before, they have a market, young people sell the work, so people come to the city to buy some work and then go back to the their own city. But nowadays, since the pandemic, over the past six months, people start to showing more online. So I feel like that's also a small change in Jinzhen. Like you don't have to really have a booth outdoor. You can just show people online. People can buy your stuff online and you can send to them. Yeah, so that's feel like it's a small change. Maybe I will become, <laughs> start to making films, help my friend to do the uh, porcelain production shops so I can help them. And then for me, I guess I just making some work and then try to look out 
for residency in Canada, prepare for the next year, or decide to get a PhD. Yeah. Can can we do like maybe just another short episode with you if you're up for it in like a couple months yeah. and like see what's yeah. We want to check in and see. You can be our our east 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 coast correspondent our far east we're just trying to build a global network like we had a lot of hopes and dreams or very few i'm not really sure with what we want to do with this podcast but um i do like as it's developing a little bit i think trying to like actually almost build a bit of a network just like as far reaching as we can get it to just sort of like I don't know. See what's happening, and like it's it's really cool that we have a chance to like build that network. Snow, thank you so much for being on the Ceramics Podcast. It was You're so welcome. it was so great yeah. to have you. Um, it's so fun to talk to you because honestly, like you never know where the conversation's going to go. It's <laughs> like it got really emotional, and then it got like you know back to like some politics. It's kind of like super fun. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Talk to you guys also helped me clear out a little bit what I want to say about my work. Yeah. Every time you tell people you will add some new stuff and then <laughs> it got like really big, then you will have to shrink it down so people can understand it. So it's a good practice to yeah. talk to people about your work. Yeah. Eat some watermelon. That's <laughs> <laughs> yum. Cool. <laughs> Okay, no. yeah, I'll keep posting and then not posting, continue making my work, have my last two months in the state, and try to stay healthy. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Go out there. Yeah, you too. Good luck. We can't yeah. wait to see what happens. You're going to be do, you're going to do great whatever you do. Yeah. For sure. For sure. Thanks, Snow. Thanks, yeah. Snow. Bye, Snow. Thank you. Bye, Gus. Bye. Bye. Oh, man. She's so good. She's so cool. Yeah, she's great. And she's no. actually really funny. Yeah, she is funny. I, uh, yeah, I'm excited to like check in in a couple months and see where she's at because I'm I'm really curious. It it sounds like she's headed out, and I'm just really curious to hear what it's like. Um, you know, it was cool to talk to her about what it was like coming from China to the United States as like a ceramic artist, and I think it'll be really interesting to hear what it's like sort of transitioning back. It's funny too to think about her going to her hometown. Um, and like that's something that I yeah like it's funny to be an artist in your hometown even if your hometown you know we have a friend here who's like whose hometown is New York City and I feel like she thinks that it's kind of funny to be back in our hometown but it's it's really weird when, yeah, yeah it's New York City or Jingdezhen where yeah, exactly. like you can make whatever you want yeah people just like dream about going there. okay well let's check back in with snow and then Hopefully she'll be come back someday. Yeah. When it's when it's a better situation for everybody. Oh. Bummer time. Thanks for listening to the ceramics podcast. <laughs>